The Pack on Their Back, Season 1, Episode 8. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 8 of Revolutionary War Rarities, the Sons of the American Revolution podcast. My name is Jim Griffith. And my name is John Maple. Before we get going on this, I want to uh, I want to just let everybody know that we do actually have other sets of clothes. We wore... Yes, we do. We wore... Uh, when we come to the studio, we actually shoot numerous episodes for the podcast. Last time we came, we shot like six, seven episodes and had the same thing on in every episode. So just know, if you're watching out there today, that we do have other clothes. And I think our wives have encouraged us to change those clothes. So, That's right. Yep. Yeah. So thank you again for joining us today. Uh, Jim Maples, we are honored to have a special guest with us today. His name is Brooks Lyles. Brooks is the historian general for the Sons of the American Revolution. He's the national commander for the Sons of the American Revolution color guard, and he is a Minuteman. And for those of you that don't know, a Minuteman, the Minuteman Award is the highest award that can be bestowed upon a Sons of the American Revolution compatriot. Yes, Jim, Brooks is a longtime friend of the Sons of the American Revolution and works hard for the goals and objectives of this organization. Brooks Lyles, we are very happy to have you with us today. Gentlemen, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today and excited for the Revolutionary War Rarities podcast. It is a unique approach you guys have towards enhancing our organizational education mission and our objectives, and I am very, very happy to be a part of it. I'd also like to recognize that Jim Maples of, uh, of your team is a fellow Minuteman from the class of 2021. So I am very honored to uh, be in that group of Minutemen with guys like Jim. Well, I have always been interested in the life of a Continental soldier. What did they carry? How far did they walk? What did they eat? What time did their day begin, etc.? Of course, I understand that the time when their day began or ended, could absolutely depend on the battle situation that might be occurring on that particular day. But for an army that had to walk to every single destination, that meant that they could be, could be walking hundreds of miles over a couple of weeks. That's why I'm interested in this question. How much stuff did they have to carry, and how was it transported? Well, thankfully, there's a lot of information available on this subject. You know, as a general rule, a Continental soldier would carry about 45 pounds of stuff with them. But this could vary depending on the type of units they were assigned to. Today, we're talking about a basic infantryman, an uh, infantryman and a Continental Line unit. There were several categories of items that they would have carried, personal care items, sustenance, and weapons. Personal care items were generally carried in their haversack. Haversack was a canvas Canvas sack, may have had buttons on it to close it, may not have. Long canvas strap, it was carried across the shoulder. And all of his personal items and kit would have been carried in there. If he did not have a haversack, most guys had a haversack. But if he didn't have a haversack, he might carry a backpack. The items in the backpack, it would have been canvas. It would have had leather straps. He would have carried extra uniform would have carried a bedroll or a blanket, those kind of things, and it would have been carried across his back just like a knapsack is today. Some of those basic items would have included, uh, we said, a blanket, extra clothing, a razor, a comb, a mirror, uh, flint and steel for fire starting, candle holders, uh, personal items like maybe a pipe 
and tobacco kit that he would carry with him, fishing line and hooks, and probably a knife. The total weight of these items come to around 20 pounds. Okay, so that was their personal care items that they carried. Let's talk about what they carried that would be considered a weapon. The flintlock musket, usually a European-made musket, regardless of the model and make, was generally around 10 pounds at the time of the American Revolution. They carried a cartridge box, which was generally a leather case carried on their hip. This box contained pre-made cartridges, which included black powder and a one-ounce 66 caliber musket ball. A cartridge box could carry about 36 cartridges. Fully loaded, the cartridge box would weigh another 10 pounds. Then, he carried a bayonet that weighed about another pound. On occasion, some soldiers might also carry a pistol, enabling them to get off more shots before they had to reload. And that's not all. They would always carry canteen for water. These are made either from wood, this is an example of a wooden canteen, wooden plug and a canvas strap, or possibly out of tin. Tin on a wooden, wooden string, you carry it over your shoulder. And depending on the size and the quantity of water they carry, that could weigh up to an additional two pounds. And finally, there were other items a soldier might carry, uh, such as an axe, uh, hatchet, shovels, cooking pots, pans, any leftover food items from the previous day. Regardless, the average weight carried each day ended up being about 45 pounds, could reach 50 pounds or more from time to time. According to a study performed by Alex Burns, it is estimated that the Continental Soldier hiked nearly 15 miles per day. And remember, that wasn't hiking down asphalt roads. That was through woods, up and down mountains, crossing rivers and creeks, etc., all while carrying 45 to 50 pounds on their backs. Can you imagine how tired you would be at the end of a day of just hiking? Now, throw in a battle where you're fighting for your life, and I would have to imagine that you would be at the point of exhaustion. Well, Jim, we also have to remember that there were frequent shortages of supplies for the soldiers. It is a known fact that many soldiers would completely wear out their shoes and be left hiking barefoot. Now think about hiking 15 miles in a day while barefoot. And remember, once they reached their destination, they still had to set up their camp for the night. The people that didn't have shoes would frequently go into winter encampment still with no shoes. There were generally several months of a break during the winter, so thankfully the soldiers would not have to be hiking long distances barefoot. However, they were still training. Winter was not considered downtime, but rather a major time for training. You know, the average weight of Continental soldiers believed to be around 148 pounds, and the average height was somewhere between five foot five and five feet six inches tall. It's really no surprise based on the amount of, shall we call it, exercise they got and the quality of camp food. George Washington, who was a big man for the day, weighed around 175 pounds, but was also six feet too tall, which was taller than most people at the time and certainly taller than uh, the average soldier. There were roughly 25,000 Continentals that died during the Revolutionary War. 
However, it's estimated that approximately 17,000 of those died from disease first being killed in battle. The three most common diseases that were suffered by soldiers of the American Revolution were smallpox, malaria, and dysentery. Smallpox initially carried a mortality rate of approximately 30%. After George Washington's inoculation program, the mortality rate of smallpox dropped to between 1% and 2%. Malaria was common in the southernmost campaigns, but was treatable with cinchonabar, which contains quinine, is very effective against malaria. Finally, there's dysentery. Dysentery is caused by bacteria, but it was not fully understood at that time. Dysentery resulted in severe stomach issues, fever, weight loss, nausea, etc. Okay, Jim Maples, it is trivia time. Are you ready? Indeed. Let's go. All right, question number one. We've talked about a lot of stuff today, but we haven't talked about what they ate. So, Jim Maples, what did they eat? Well, Jim, soldiers' daily rations included meat, beef or pork, bread, which was often hardtack, dry beans or peas, and a gill of rum or beer. Alcohol was provided as an additive for water to kill bacteria. However, frequently the soldiers did not receive their allotment due to supply shortages. They were frequently provided with food that had been preserved with salt or by drying. Milk, turnips, potatoes, onions, and fish might also appear on the menu, depending on the availability of those items. Soldiers might also hunt various game, as well as gather wild berries. Okay, so what was the enlistment period for the Revolutionary War? Well, Jim, enlistment periods varied. Initially, the enlistment period was six months to a year. However, that changed later in the war and ended up being for a period of three years or the duration of the conflict. And so it goes. The challenges faced by the Continental soldiers were excessive. They were fighting a superior army with more supplies, better weapons, more food. Disease was rampant and medical solutions were minimal. Physical demands were unbelievable, but these soldiers and their leaders wanted liberty more than they wanted creature comforts. So they fought, they walked, they walked and fought, and then they walked some more. And when the war was over, they walked home, many of them without getting paid, but they walked home free men of a free and new nation. They suffered every day to earn for us the freedoms we now have, and for that, we should be forever grateful. John Adams is quoted as saying, posterity, you will never know how much it costs the present generation to preserve your freedom. I hope you will make good use of it. If you do not, I shall repent in heaven that I ever took half the pains to preserve it. We, the sons of the American Revolution, are thankful for the sacrifices of those many Americans who gave us our country and our freedom, and we honor them today and every day. Brooks Lyles, we are thankful for you being a part of Revolutionary War Rarities. Thank you for your support. Thank you for helping to expand our footprint, and thank you for all that you do for the National Society, Sons of the American Revolution. Thank you, gentlemen. I've had a great time today, and I would love to join you again for another episode of Revolutionary War Rarities. Thank you so much. You're always welcome here, Brooks. I'm Jim Griffith. And I'm Jim Maples, and we thank you for joining us today. 
And please be sure to join us for the next episode of Revolutionary War Rarities Podcast. It's been a production of the National Society, Sons of the American Revolution, www.sar.org. Today provided by www.maxcomusic.com, promoted by www.chosic.com, entitled An Epic Story.